and welcome back to the FPL Lounge podcast. We are back with a game week 23 review, even though the game week isn't quite over. It is, I guess, what, 95% done. I'll have to defer to a former math teacher for the exact percentage in a minute. Uh, my name is Chris Hopkins, and I am joined, as ever, by the man that I think is probably next in line to be the next Watford manager. It's, uh, it's Andy Case. Andy, I guess we do always cover managerial changes on the FPL Lounge podcast and has been yet another one. Claudio Ranieri relieved of his duties. It sounds like Roy Hodgson, I think I've been confirmed now, Roy Hodgson at Vicarage Road. Any, um, I mean, I doubt there's going to be any major FPL uh, sort of consequences for that. I guess Watford might start getting a little bit more defensive going forward. But other than that, I guess it's nice to see, nice to see our, uh, our, our, our Roy back in, back in management, back in the Premier League. Well, he took over the England national team at a very rocky time, didn't he? And he, and he um, sort of, yeah, brought back a bit of pride to the shirt and okay, things didn't end in particular amount of glory, but um, he, yeah, he, he, he's a good bloke and, and he, and he sort of saw us through some difficult times. So maybe he'd be able to do the same for Watford. And I think you've hit it on the head there, really. That'll be the interesting thing um, as to whether they can become more defensively solid. That's what he's kind of known for really being um pretty pragmatic pretty traditional 442 and um yeah solid solid in defense so um i mean I, the last thing i want to see is roy getting treated like every other Watford manager and sacked after three months because you know he deserves better than that an elder statesman of the game but apparently he's got some relationship with the potsos the watford owners or something already so that was maybe why there was a there was a connection there but um yeah uh do you, th- do, you, do you think Watford can be more better defensively though with that squad? Yeah, I think I think I think they can be. I think uh, I think they miss they miss uh, Seralta when he's not around. So hopefully, if they can get him fit again, um, I think they, they they will tighten up a little bit. But yeah, I mean it's a big it's a big job for someone like him. I just I'm surprised he's taken it. I have to say, like the guy's 74 years old. It's not time just to go spend it spend it at home with a wife, Roy. Just you know stick your feet up and. Watch a little bit of I don't know Tipping Point or whatever whatever the the elders watch now I think but you know at the same time he's a good character and it's nice to have him nice to have him back in the Premier League um, let's crack on Andy with our review show this is more of a traditional re- review show I have to say I can't remember the last time we did one of these but we'll start by running down all of our uh, players on the radar having a look at how they've done so far in game week 23 and we will have a top differential on the blankety blank we haven't done those for a while we didn't have a swimming against the tide in our game week 22 preview and we will finish as always with captaincy and then we'll look ahead to game week 24 uh, so let's start with those players on the radar and I guess we had a bit of a team on the radar really Andy it was Aston Villa there was a prospect of them potentially doubling in game week 23 which didn't come uh, into any sort of fruition in the end or at least I guess yes it still could potentially but uh, as far as we know it's, it seems very unlikely but ultimately they have um, some really favorable fixtures um, coming up and we have been fairly impressed with them for a few weeks I think we've spoken about them at length on on, on a couple of previews now um, might be a little bit of a difficult one uh, for me to throw you to because this was a game that I watched them playing Everton obviously they got the they got the three points and looked fairly good but from what you've seen any any instant takeaways I mean, uh, the most obvious thing of is 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 the lineup, right? Um, on a couple of accounts, one because Coutinho and Buendia both started, um, which, which you know the kind of the suggestion was that it might be Buendia would be the one to be dropped for Coutinho upon his arrival. 
Um, but that that hasn't happened. Uh, Gerard's found a way to accommodate both of them, and I think rightly so. Buendia had played really well in the in the two games beforehand, so it's right that he stayed in the team. And then the consequence of that being that um, Danny Ings was 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 dropped, and and that saw Watkins play back through the middle. So one, we were kind of saying, do we think about Ings and or Watkins? Well, I think we have to think less about Ings now. Frankly, he he probably comes off the radar definitely comes off, off the radar and yeah Watkins is a slightly different dimension now he'll be playing kind of back through the middle more he he seems to naturally like drift out to the left anyway he, that it seems like a good position for him but then I think we've seen he will likely get more chances he had more xg than any other Villa player in this game um, from having been through the middle so he will although it might not be his natural position he scored goals there for Villa um, having played through there um, last season and, and this at points so um, that's interesting too they're, they're, they'd be the, te- the main takeaways yeah absolutely I think that's completely fair and obviously you know, we, we were looking at some of their I guess midfield options you know, we were looking at Ramsey we were looking at Coutinho we weren't really looking at Buendia and obviously Luca Dean was another guy um, that we did mention I think we'll probably come on to him a little bit more uh, later on but just a quick word obviously on on, on Coutinho specifically I think he he, you know, he did get FPL managers very excited with his first uh, with his first appearance for Aston Villa but I think as you tweeted Andy at the time and, and we definitely spoke about on the preview show you know don't be fooled by um you know by him scoring a tap in and 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 you know he getting i think he got an assist as well didn't he in on his debut against united or? Oh, well i don't know if they credit it to him in the end he definitely shouldn't have done because he didn't right. pass the ball it looked like he got an assist but he didn't he got tackled and then it ran to ramsey yeah i see yeah so so yeah i think i think i think you were kind of right i think based on the 22 minute cameo that he got against United just to sort of ex- exercise some caution. I think that even in this game, he looked a little bit off the pace and definitely wasn't um, the one making things happen for Aston Villa. Jacob Ramsey, of course, you know, is a, kind of you, you're expecting different things from a player like him, both uh, for Villa and from an FPL point of view. Ultimately, you know, 4.6 million um, midfielder, probably not going to get returns every week. But you know, what he does do, he does do really well. I don't think he's you know, going to be the greatest FPL asset. But if you're looking for a cheap midfielder, there probably isn't anyone better. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be relying on him for returns but ultimately he's going to keep if he keeps playing like he is he's going to stay in stay in Gerard's team and I think that's really all you can expect from a 4.6 million pound midfielder but but yeah you know on the eye and as you know as as, as, a, as a prospect coming through I think he does look really good and you know if he can if he can start to add a little bit more end product or maybe get into a bit you know some better goal scoring positions then perhaps he would be a prospect but it doesn't look like he's going to be a guy that's going to be lighting up the underlying numbers charts quite this year Interesting. Yeah, I mean, that is interesting. There's going to be, obviously, Villa have got some good fixtures coming up. And so with those good fixtures, I think a lot of people are thinking a triple up. And then that makes you do that makes you consider between probably Ramsey, Coutinho and Buendia. Um, there'd be the three people are picking between. So, yeah, those differences and the performance of those three, I think people a lot a lot of people are going to be, going to be keeping on. I guess at this stage, it looks unlikely they'll they'll double in in 24 because um, it is Leeds they're playing, and then it would also be Leeds again is the one they need to they need to rearrange, um, and for for various reasons, obviously you know they've got they've, there's cup and um, then it's straight into back to back Premier League games. So um, we whether whether you're brave enough to make the move on a Villa midfielder if you haven't moved already, maybe you you can have one more week, and and those performances of those three, um, yeah, will will get more of a sample size to try and make that call. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, let's move on to Man City, and I think we were looking at potentially a potential Man City defensive double up. Also, Kevin De Bruyne had been in pretty pretty electric form recently, Andy. But you know, City got frustrated by by Southampton and ultimately ended up dropping points. I mean, this is a bit of an aside, but I guess you know, I guess it makes the likes of Liverpool and Chelsea maybe cling on to some faint title hopes if City are dropping points. But you know, from a FPL point of view. Um, I guess, you know, not keeping a clean sheet, probably not really useful for that defensive double up, although we were obviously talking about Laporte and he ended up scoring City's goal. Kevin, what do we see from Kevin De Bruyne in this game, Andy? Ultimately, he is a, um, you know, a, a premium asset. It, Mo Salah is going to be, in theory, available again for game week 24. Is there any kind of hint of De Bruyne being a, a differential option to Salah or maybe if you've got the money, if you can afford to get both of them in, do you think it's worthwhile? I mean, KDB's a lot, right? And, um, but then he, he's a really good player. I, I find that, I find that question at this point difficult, right? Before, um, I think I'm probably being blinded by that city performance in this game week, but they really did lack a cutting edge and, um, it's funny because there's obviously there's an, there's an interview from Pep earlier in the season that says um, where he says, you know, I absolutely guarantee that there's going to be a, at least one game this season where we don't score or we don't score as many as we should. And you're going to ask me why we didn't sign a number nine striker. But yet I think City have scored the most or perhaps the second most goals in, in the league this season. So um <laughs> That would lead me to think KDB can be involved um, and and in in goals and assists again in the future, but he costs a lot of money. And this, yeah, this was weird to watch. They 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 really didn't create a great deal. They had so much of the ball. I mean, this does happen. City do lay one of these performances every now and again, where they have a lot of the ball and they pass it around loads on the edge of the box and it looks really neat, but they don't really create any clear cut chances. Um, I don't know if it necessarily suits De Bruyne being the one playing the false nine, which he seemed to in this game. Um, it's better for him, it seems at least, when when Foden's that one and he can come from a bit deeper, you know, assist threat. And obviously he's always got a goal threat. He scored plenty from kind of the edge of the box and stuff. Um, so maybe that's a tweak that 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 would that would help in the future, and maybe we want to see go back to that. Um, I, 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 I mean, I have Foden in my team and, and I think I probably lean more towards him because on his day, he has as much of a threat as KDB and he's obviously a lot cheaper. He just doesn't do it maybe quite as consistently as KDB does yet. So I, I'm, I guess all of that ramble is making me think that I'm not, I'm not, I don't think I've got the confidence at this stage to be putting the 12 mil plus into KDB. Yeah, it's very expensive, isn't it? Ultimately, and 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 yeah, I can totally, totally understand that. I guess from you know, is there anything that we saw from City defensively that would make you think a double up isn't a good idea? I mean, I guess what this game perhaps did teach us, and you know, Laporte has scored, you know, a couple a couple of goals this year. I think not all of them in the Premier League, uh, to be fair, but you know, I guess that does make us. Um, it does reaffirm the idea that if you are going to get a City double up uh, at the back, assuming you already own Cancelo, that Laporte would be definitely the the, you know, the next best um, the next best option. Um, but you know, conceding a goal against Southampton, yeah, it was a ultimately a right back, right? I, it, it feels a little bit a little bit odd. Um, and ultimately, we, you know, we were highlighting City based on based on their you know their their good run, their good their favourable fixtures coming up. Any pause for thought? In that sense, um, I don't think so. Again, Southampton didn't really create a lot, right? They barely had any of the ball. It was, as we sort of said, really um, all um, 
all City. Um, I think they'll likely keep plenty of clean sheets. They've got the best um, expected goals conceded record in the league over over a long term. You know, not just this season, but going back many seasons under Pep. So um, the the main issue is is rotation more than anything. Um, we've we've seen a fairly regular back four, not not 100% consistent, but the, the but the back four of choice does seem to be Cancelo, Laporte, Sto- uh, Laporte, Diaz, and Walker. Right. So. Um, the, the the worry for me would be more so rotation than, than clean sheets. If you told me Pep was always going to play that back four if they were all fit and available, then I probably wouldn't have any hesitation in, in having a, a City double up when they've got a good run of fixtures, yeah. Absolutely makes sense. Uh, let's move on to the road half of Manchester, another team that we feel, I guess, at least on paper, have some good fixtures on the horizon. Um, obviously, uh, Andy, you are our resident Man United fan, our resident Man United expert. Um, is there anything that we saw from United in this game week that makes you feel like they've got assets worth investing in? Obviously, um, in the in, in the game week prior, in game week 22, those that owned and captained Bruno Fernandes were feeling very, very smug, and those that owned and, and captained Cristiano Ronaldo were feeling uh, probably very gutted. Um, but equally, we are seeing the emergence of, of, of a relatively cheap way into United's attack in the form of Anthony uh, Elanga. I don't think he's quite as cheap as, say, a Jacob Ramsey, but is starting games and probably has a better goal threat. Um, a little bit more expensive, I think, Andy, at 5.5, I think. But, I mean, what are we seeing from, from United at the moment? Is, is it worth investing in any of those three, if you don't already? Well, I think he was a bit less than that, although I'm not 100% sure. I think he was like 4.8 million at Langer, so still not obviously too too expensive. But I mean, no, I mean, Martial going helps helps him uh, in the, in the, and obviously, yeah, first first mention for that. Uh, you know, maybe it should have been the title of the podcast. Uh, frankly, today the uh, Martial's celebration leaving party, but um, yeah, he, he, that that will mean Langer might have more chance of starting. However. Rashford has come off the bench in the last couple of day, games, done quite well. Um, uh, Rangnick was speaking highly of him. We found, found out from the last pe- press conference that the only reason Sancho hasn't been playing is because of a family uh, funeral and stuff. And I don't, we don't have any more details at this point, but it, it, it sounds like from what Rangnick was saying, it's something that, that's caused Sancho a lot of like sort of emotional trauma so whether it was someone like close or what I, I don't know so so yeah obviously that but that means that once he's kind of um dealt with that and comes back to like the squad he he should be kind of able to kind of play straight away so um I'm not I'm not sure on him on him necessarily he, you know he, if he's your fifth rotation one then fine but you're probably wanting to maximize those midfield slots given the various options this season Ronaldo's expensive. He's always going to be first choice. So I think on on weeks where you're short on striker options or where you have money in the bank, then he's worth looking at just because he's always going to play in that team. And, um, you know, with Bruno back in the number 10, he is creating more chances um, for those around him, including Ronaldo. But maybe the only one I'd lean towards is Dallow. I mean, I'm not convinced in any stretch. You cannot trust United still for clean sheets. I'm going to need to see many, many more game weeks of good defensive performances before I even sort of go go near thinking they might get clean sheets. But the upside for him is that United do have a good run coming up. He is only 4.5 million, so it may be, you know, there's a gamble you can take there. He gets forward a lot and, and makes a lot of good crosses and passes, which I think moves him up the bonus point system because he did actually get three bonus in this game because obviously because of the clean sheet. But, you you know, all of the United defenders got clean sheets. So you must think there was other things that was contributing towards him moving up that bonus point system. And I think it 
it's I don't know if definite. I haven't looked into it, but I think it's likely his passes and his like a ta- his forward kind of contribution that's moving him up there. So, um, and he does look good when, when going forward. So yeah, he's he's been good defensively, particularly in the last couple of games, which might help him to nail down that starting place. And yeah, yeah, like similarly as we've said with kind of Villa, maybe. Uh, their defence, although they haven't shown great underlying numbers either, Villa, maybe with the run they've got coming up, similar for United, it's it's Burnley, Southampton, Leeds, Watford, and we suspect also possibly a Brighton rearranged game kind of in there. So that that's a that's a reasonable run, maybe where there could be a couple of more clean sheets for him. Yeah, absolutely. And then I guess our final pick on the radar was uh, was Vladimir Sufal. I guess this was you know slightly more speculative one, but again, West Ham don't have the worst fixtures, I don't think, coming up. And and Sufal seemingly back in back in West Ham's uh, back in West Ham starting eleven, having been you know, left out and injured a bit earlier in in the year. Ultimately, he was a fairly good prospect, Andy, last year in terms of uh, West Ham's defensive capabilities and his attacking prowess and obviously again you would have had eyes on this game I guess West Ham were you know uh, uh, very close to a clean sheet one 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 kind of slip at the end obviously allowing allowing Rashford to score um you know is 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 Sufal going to be an option going you know going forward for FPL managers I think he's you know 4.7 ish so not exactly um a, a particularly expensive defender a good way into what is you know a top four top five team whether they're a top four or top five defense kind of remains to be seen but um you know that West Ham I guess haven't been on the greatest run in terms of results but still you know, do have a clean sheet in their locker and Sufal's obviously got that attacking potential too but I'm not sure to what extent that was on display against Man United yeah it wasn't it wasn't to be honest it's, uh, West Ham didn't get didn't get forward loads but they again another team with a decent run coming up so it's, an, it's another potential gamble that, that looks like could it could be worth it Watford Leicester Newcastle Wolves um Although Watford and Leicester have been leaky, I guess at least they have been creating chances for the next two, maybe not quite as good, but Newcastle Wolves, you know, not 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 free scoring sort of teams this this season. I guess the the slight wrinkle, which we haven't really touched on loads yet with West Ham in particular, obviously we've got we've got Europe coming back up for a lot of these teams. And, uh, you know, in the Europa League and the Europa Conference League, there is an extra round compared to the, the Champions League. However, that doesn't affect West Ham because of the fact they won their group they actually won't play in the Europa League until they get to the round of 16, which is in which is in March. There's a whole kind of playoff round to get into the round of 16 for the um, the second place teams playing against third place Champions League uh, group teams. So so that means that for West Ham, with their with and and Sufal with 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 the fixtures of Watford, Leicester, Newcastle, Wolves. Actually, that's a pretty clear run with some rests and some game weeks, some some midweeks um, free. Okay, so they do have an FA Cup fourth round match against Kidderminster. You'd you'd think they should be getting through that, so there will be a fifth round match at some point. Um, but but nevertheless, compared to some other teams who are going to have rearranged Premier League games, maybe additional European games as well. West Ham might have a little bit more of a of a free schedule than some of those, um, and uh, so you know. It, you, you you can you can be fairly confident if Sufal's nailed down his place that 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 there's some some opportunities there for him to have rest in between and and then play. I guess it will just be worth saying we've talked about two right backs in the loss as the last two there, right? Dallow and Sufal, and I've kind of said it's a bit of a gamble. You know, there's pros and cons for both. So if they were both to kind of remain on the periphery of the radar at this point, maybe it'd be worth going forward as us talking about on on the radar, kind of yeah, keeping in mind what those what those pros and cons are because you know. Watford Leicester, for example, for the next two, whilst they might be like weaker teams, 
than 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 West Ham. They have scored a fair few goals this season, right? So 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 maybe it isn't like number one best time to be to be targeting Sufal over Adalo. But then longer term, the fact they've got Newcastle and Wolves, you know, teams that really haven't scored many, and so it's it's a balance, yeah. Yeah, I think that's absolutely fair. I mean, I guess just 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 to tie some of that together, uh, based on what you just said, obviously that uh, you know Leicester play, as you say, West Ham in the league before Leicester themselves have that um, that that Europa Conference League playoff. So maybe they'll have one eye on that, or maybe they wouldn't, because again, it's against Randers or I guess a Danish, and God knows who they are. So uh, maybe they'll be prioritising the league over West Ham. But you know that rotation will be interesting to see what happens. And, and yeah, I guess just one final wrinkle is that we have. We have secured, Andy, our first joint FPL Lounge at the Games expedition that will be to the London Stadium to watch West Ham versus Newcastle. So, you know, maybe we'll be able to, uh, you know, to, to, to get some get some hot takes hot off the press, you know, live from the game. Um, so we'll have to see what we can do there. But, yeah, definitely something we're looking forward to. And I think, yeah, maybe I'll just have to stick Sufal in my own team just for that, just for just for fun. Although I think, uh, you know, listeners uh, to recent episodes will know that Andy and I are probably most excited about watching Jared Bowen that game week. Um, you know what? Let's not have a break, Andy. Let's power on through just because this is going to be one of our shorter review, review shows. Let's move on to Blankety Blank. And you just mentioned um, that Watford have scored you know, goals um, this this year. But with the appointment of Roy Hodgson and the fact that they did just lay a massive blank egg against Norwich City, I think at home, um, there's only one real person that we can give the Blankety Blank award to this year. Because not only did he blank, and not only did he blank against Norwich City, but he managed to get himself sent off at the same time. I mean... In a game week where there's not many points going around for anyone, what you don't need is captaining a player who scores a negative score. And uh, yeah, I mean that's exactly what's happened to me to me here. Um, Dennis like got himself sent off, ended up on a minus one. Um, there was lots going on on the FPL Lounge Twitter feed and all over FPL Twitter about Dennis versus King on Friday when we found out that Watford. We're gonna we're gonna double, and lots more people were thinking about the the comparison between the two, particularly for captaincy, not just bringing in their team. I have and to say, yeah, I thought you gave up your your job on Friday. I thought you just jacked your job in and had just taken full time to run in the FPL Lounge Twitter account because you must have been doing some serious stats digging, and you know, I guess you know your uh, your trade union baron job just must have just fallen by the wayside. Well, that's a slur uh, on both me and my employer, so. I won't. I won't have that for one second, and um, I'm. I'm going to see you in court, Chris Hopkins. Frankly, um, disparaging my good name. How very dare you? Um, I. Anything I do towards FPL and the FPL lounge is clearly out of work hours, and I would never dream of 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 you know disregarding very very important role that I play in protecting the teachers of this country who do a fantastic job and shout out to all the teachers out there very productive um, lunch break for you then was it I guess um yeah. yes yeah, yeah absolutely quite, quite um Dennis uh was bad for getting sent off that's not ideal so he's blankety blank stuff you Dennis is that is that as far as we're going to go? I mean, I think that's to be fair. That is that is completely as far as you need to go. Um, you know, ultimately, yeah, uh, he, he his ownership was high anyway. It went 
through the roof based on Watford's likely. I mean, did they double in twenty two as well, or they were expected to, to double in twenty two? It's it's increased well, it was, a lot. It was ultimately. the Burnley Watford game, I think, that got that's called it. off. Wasn't that's it. it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So um, so his ownership was high ahead of game week twenty two when they were expecting to double, and then they didn't. Obviously, it got moved to twenty three, so that increased his ownership even further. Obviously, there was some Dennis King debate, but you know, De- Dennis had had a higher ownership anyway, and. And yeah, if you end up getting sent off, then you're not going to make 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 very many uh, happy FPL managers, particularly if you did also stick the armband on him. I mean, there are a few others, Andy, that we could have picked, but ultimately none of these got negative points. You know, Trent and Cancelo, no clean sheet for them. Uh, two points just for their ownership, no assists either, I guess, which you know, you're always kind of hoping for from those uh, from from those assets and. Mikel Antonio, obviously, uh, with a blank too, but it was a difficult game, I guess, against United. Um, but yeah, it feels pretty straightforward uh, for, to, to give this one to Dennis, and I'm sure there'll be uh, many angry sales of him this week, especially now uh, Now Watford have a considerably more defensive manager in charge. On the flip side, where, uh, whereas Blankety Blank was, was one of our more obvious ones, top, top differentials a little bit more mixed this week, Andy, but you know, we alluded to it earlier. We are going to talk a little bit more about Luca Dean here. He got 12 points, uh, rewarding his 6.9% ownership at the time of recording. I mean, again, maybe this is one for me to go into a bit more depth on. Um, ultimately, you know, Villa kept a clean sheet, and we did mention this earlier. You know, they haven't had the greatest defensive underlying numbers this season, but they do have that positive fixture run. And and, and based on this game, which may well have been more more about Everton being poor than than Ever- than, than Villa being good defensively, but you know, maybe um, maybe they will start to improve their underlying numbers or outperform their underlying numbers defensively if they do have better fixtures going on coming up. But ultimately, it's Luca Dean as an attacking um, as, as an attacking threat that I think gets people a bit excited. He is uh, he, he is on set pieces. He, Stephen Gerrard likes to get his fullbacks forward, and all of that was on show from Luca Dean here. I will temper things a little bit because ultimately he his assist did come from. A corner, and sure, you know he's got the potential to pick out an Esri Konza or a Tyrone Mings or an Ollie Watkins, but he picked out the shortest guy on the pitch who managed to flick a near post header in the top corner. That isn't going to happen every week, so we might need to calm down a little bit. But ultimately, while he is on set pieces, that you know Villa are going to be relatively threatening. He's got a good delivery, um, and and yeah, it was also you know, if you believe in hashtag narrative, it was maybe written in the stars a little bit for him to. Um, to return to Goodison Park and, uh, and and be heavily involved in a goal, even though I think he got a pretty decent reception from Everton fans at the start of the game. Um, I'm sure once he uh, once he's got his got his assist and turned around, and started giving it the big one. Uh, it wasn't long before things were thrown at him from the crowd. So uh, so yeah, yeah, not all not, ended in tears somewhat, uh, I, I guess. But 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 yeah, ultimately, if you do believe it in the narrative, maybe it was always written in the stars for him to return this week. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I can imagine um, Everton fans in the Rafa versus Luca Dean debate very much siding with Luca Dean. He'd been a good player for their club and they obviously didn't like Rafa from the start anyway with being an ex-Liverpool manager. So um, the the fact that they sort of sacrificed Dean because he was in an argument with Rafa and then like a few days later, Rafa got sacked. Um, I'm sure Everton fans probably aren't very happy about it and they'd probably rather Rafa had gone earlier and given Dean a chance to get back in their team. 
Yeah, I mean, and you know, not to pile on Everton, and I'm sure their their new Ukrainian left back, um, he was conspicuous by his absence, so maybe it was an injury or something. But you know, they started Ben Godfrey at left back, and you know, Ben Godfrey is a really good player, and I really like him. I, I think his versatility is you know probably one of his best assets, but he's not as good as Luca Dean, so it's it's it, it, you know, it just felt. It all felt a bit lopsided, and um, you know, Big Dunk as 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 great as he is to watch on the sideline, you know, ultimately not a tactical genius. And and Everton have got some serious improvements to be made um, before they're going to be sort of getting back to where they where they'd want to be. But yes, yeah, some serious issues there as a club in general. I think that's ultimately led to um, them allowing Luca Dean to walk out the door for what was probably a bit of a cut price. Um, enough about that though, Andy. There are there are were as we said many options that we could have gone for this week. I will just run through a few and maybe you can talk about a, a, a couple but we won't have time to talk about all of these Gian Moutinho 13 points you know, 0.8% ownership Josh Sargent who for my money has been the worst player in the Premier League so far this season 13 points a brace 0.3% ownership one was what a backheeled volley Giroud-esque um, you're not going to be pulling that out of his backside every week. Thiago Silva also 13 points, 5% ownership. And then we've got a few on 11, uh, Andy Robertson, John Shelby, Hakim Ziyech, and then Buendia and Laporte on 10 each. Um, where would you like to start here? Oh, well, I think, I, think there's a, I think there's a few interesting ones, some, some not interesting ones. Um, I mean, I bought in Laporte this week, got lucky. We spoke about the... Um, City double up. I think that's still a good option. He is a uh, he's obviously you know a goal threat. It isn't. It is lucky that he scored this week, but also he has the second highest xG of all defenders in the game. It's only Pontus Janssen, uh, funnily enough, who's who's ahead of him in terms of xG. So I think I think you know that there's a, there's a there's a good there's a good shout. He's a, he's a threat from set piece, and they have plenty of good set piece deliverers. City. So um, that that's an interesting one in the top differential list. Um, you know, Robo Robo is 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 a very interesting shout. There's there's uh, he's had a lot of involvement in recent game weeks, plenty of assists and, and clean sheets. I think two assists even in in this game. Um, he uh, his his ownership is pretty low at the moment. He could act as a pretty good differential in your team. You know, Salah and Mane both still away, although you know we'll be back probably for the next game week, so not all that helpful. But um, there's there's an argument that plenty are making that maybe he could be as well as Trent and say Salah he could be your third Liverpool player, um, and yeah I guess maybe the other one I'd, I'd pull out would be like Ziyech because um, he's had a few returns recently I think that's two goals in the last two starts and um, he seems to be sort of playing well in the in the city in the Chelsea formation that, that where, where they've got kind of more of a traditional 4-2-3-1 or some are calling it maybe like a 4-2-2-2 um, it, it, it allows him to be a bit more of like the natural wide attacking player that that he was like at, at Ajax so um, I'm not sure he'll necessarily continue to start on everyone's back fit and, and fully wearing for, for, for Chelsea but um, he's one where again like I've, I've it's, it's a pointless hypothetical I guess really but like I said about other players I think if I knew Ziyech was starting every week I'd be watching him a lot closer. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah, I think for me, the one that I'd definitely pick out would, would, would be Robbo. And yeah, there does seem to be a debate on FPL Twitter at the moment about who the FPL, sorry, who the best third Liverpool asset is and whether it's uh, Robbo or, or Jota. And I think um, Robbo is creeping ahead in the minds of a lot 
a lot of FPL managers, but obviously his his price tag over seven million for a defender may put people off. And obviously, you know, if Liverpool don't keep the clean sheet, then then you know either him or Trent have to pull a couple of assists out of the bag to get anywhere near a double digit haul. So yeah, maybe one to think about. Um, but you know, if we're going for the City double up, yeah, okay, it might be a bit cheaper than than the Liverpool defensive double up, and City probably more likely to keep clean sheets too. But it is an interesting one to think about if you are going to own three Liverpool players. Is, is is Robbo at the minute a better pick than Diego Jota might be? Um, let's round off Andy with captains, and this should be fairly straightforward because ultimately. Um, I think it's fair to say our captaincy selections stunk the joint up this uh, this game week. Um, we were talking about Aston Villa if they double, but they didn't end up doubling, so we can pretty much move on from them. I think we were very much on the same bandwagon as a lot of uh, FPL managers when it comes to the the Watford double up that did end up happening or will end up happening. Um, you know, hi- highlighting both uh, the potential of Dennis and King. Obviously, Dennis was spent enough time talking about, and I guess King could bang in two goals in uh, Watford's second game of this game week that obviously hasn't happened yet but for now they blanked against Norwich and look and ultimately were so bad it cost Claudio Ranieri's job so let's not um let's not hold out too much hope although you know Roy may be able to turn something around a little bit um Rafinha blank against Newcastle Chris Wood a blank against Leeds um City had a you know relatively poor uh, day against Southampton no clean sheet either for a Cancelo pick Jota was basically the only one of our picks to return and that was only only an assist um but I guess it is one of those things Andy in a, in a low scoring game week maybe this is just not going to happen and, and and it was you know not just a low scoring game week in terms of FPL points but a pretty low scoring game week in terms of goals in the Premier League anyway well exactly yeah and then even this assist I mean absolutely one of the one of those FPL assists but not real life assists right where he's won a penalty and, and he's got the points for that and it's an atrocious decision barely a right? pen was it really right. so. I mean it's just such an awful, awful decision. It's one of those where if it gets given live, full speed, you can maybe under forgive someone for the mistake. But particularly with the slowing it down and the VAR, there's just like, I mean, and you know me, it's not like me to kind of go and go criticising um, officials, but I don't think you can blame process or anything for this. It's just it's just a really poor human um, error. Like you, you see Jota, take a step away from the ball and towards the goalkeeper to deliberately like initiate the contact and never mind even if he hadn't taken that step it's it's like full speed they're both going towards the ball Jota's never going to be scoring a goal from there frankly he's trying to like get around the keeper and then just hope and it, it just never ever I just I can't see how I, I just don't see how a professional referee looks at that and thinks there's there's like there's a penalty to here to be made. I mean, there was some suspicion on on match that I've gone off massive tangent here, but it annoyed me when I saw it was such a bad decision. There's some suspicion because it was the same VAR. I think it was Craig Pawson. It was the same VAR as the Newcastle game a few weeks ago. Who I can't remember who they were playing, but it was Ryan Fraser went through on goal and got completely. Oh, City was it when they played yeah, yeah. City? It was when, it, when Edison's wiped Edison out. completely Edison had done that like two games in a row, and he as well, I think. But right, yeah. he completely wiped out Ryan Fraser, and it was. It was that was an absolute blatant pen, and so because it was a keeper taking out a striker with his arms again, uh, there was suspicion that Porson was trying to attempt to like, you know, learn from his previous mistake or whatever. But obviously, it doesn't work like that. And you, I mean, I'd I'd like to hope that someone whose actual job it is professionally to do this wasn't just taking it as, sim- as simply as that. But whatever the reason, yeah, poor decision. So I mean, 
what that means for these captains. Yeah, we can't. Does the fact well we know that the fact that one team doesn't score a goal or one cap one captaincy option doesn't get a return has no they are independent random variables to speak from a mathematical point of view and so they don't affect each other it's just a random coincidence that everyone did bad this game week and yeah low scoring game weeks don't necessarily mean oh everyone's having a bad one so it's, it you know they're it, they're all on it's just one of those coincidences yeah where 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 things have um have have worked out like this but i suppose the saving grace for fpl managers that when 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 that is the case is that if you've captained someone and it's not gone great it's it's probably not ha- harmed you too much yeah yeah absolutely and i think um uh, yeah uh, having had uh, a few captaincy head scratches i guess over the last couple of weeks yeah, i think it'll be nice to see most most Salah come back and uh, and be front of mind uh, for armbands in future game weeks um let's leave it there andy but um it is still a fortnight as uh, as of recording before um before we'll have any game week 24 action um, so plenty of time for for lots of things to change. Obviously, we've got a transfer window that's gonna. Um, does it close, Andy? No, it slams shut. Obviously, um, we've got uh, inter- internationals. Obviously, we've still got African Cup of Nations going on. We've got um, some South American World Cup qualifiers. I think we alluded to that uh, before with players like Rafinha and Philip Coutinho um, heading off on international duty. We've got the FA Cup fourth round uh, next weekend too. But also, we've got you know a chance for Premier League teams to have a bit of a winter break and maybe get a few players back fit again I mean it's hard to have any sort of major hot takes any major takeaways on 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 the idea of a winter break or FA Cup fourth and fifth round but um you know I'm I don't know about you I'm looking at this weekend I'm just thinking oh what football am I gonna even watch this weekend not that I watch loads anyway but what am I gonna do with myself what scores am I gonna check I'm gonna have to check the Colchester score and that apart from last weekend is incredibly depressing yeah, I mean, there's uh, generally I think it's a good idea if they maybe if if it if it tied up with say the start of the Six Nations, uh, that would have worked out better probably because then at least there's you know something there to to focus on. But now, the start um, of the Six Nations has worked out perfectly because Colchester are are away in London and I can go watch 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 England Scotland with with, with a couple of uh, rugby friends. Not got loads of uh, rugby friends where I live, unfortunately. So yeah, boo hoo me. Oh, rugby friends. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell this is late because we've completely lost our mind now. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, so, no, yeah, I mean, it's worked out perfectly for me, and that's what's important. Of of course, yeah, yeah. Um, and you had to just get your little subtle dig in there that you've got other friends, Chris. Well, fine, yeah, you know, whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you did have to tell your wife before we started recording to, uh, this that you did know me before we started doing a podcast, which I think is, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for sticking up for you know our long and uh, long and beautiful friendship. Well, she seemed to be implying that the only reason I could talk to you was like podcasts, and that if I wasn't talking to you about podcast things, then what was I doing making a load of noise in the house? Waste, but, of, waste of time. Yeah, I mean, it's like, what, what what do you think we talked about before we did the podcast? Like, we're we're allowed to do that. Thanks very much. But um, anyway, enough of my domestic uh, struggles. Um, <laughs> what what? What was I talking about? What on earth? If I got fourth round internationals, I mean, no one cares, Andy. I it think was, like ultimately, there's a big old gap now. I was saying something really useful, and then oh, you interrupted well, yeah. me. Well, it yeah. was, it was. Where did we, where did we go before that? Right, it was a long time before the next game week. Internationals yeah. happening. Oh, you was talking about Col- yeah, Colchester. Here we go. You you were saying um, what am I going to do this weekend? There's no football. Yeah, well, um, 
you know, it's it's not. I think I think I think a winter break is good. I think it's a good idea. Was where I was going to go. Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, I, d- I don't know if now is the best time for it. Like because you just think with the English team, you know, the, in other countries they've already had their winter break, right? So for for them building up towards European competitions, it's great. They'll get back in their rhythm. For English teams, they're they've completely knackered them out. Loads of them have got injuries niggly injuries and then now they're giving them a break so they've got a chance of maybe losing a little bit of match fitness and then they've got to try and find that again but for a lot of them they'll play like weaker opposition or rotated teams in the FA Cup and so then they're talking about the 8th of February for their first like meaningful match back Um, and a week later some of them will be playing in the Champions League so it's a bit of a staccato breakup of stuff at the kind of quite the wrong time for a lot of people and I could I could imagine like a Liverpool going to uh, Inter Milan because like the way the draw works in some ways obviously it's supposed to be like a a positive that you get um, the, the the second leg at home but for like a Liverpool that means that with people coming back from AFCON and then like FA Cup game and stuff if they're then going into um, Inter Milan away in the Champions League that's that's maybe not in the most ideal shape that they'd have wanted to. No, I think that's I think that's fair, but but yeah, I guess from a from an FPL point of view, it's hard to really know kind of what what exact impact it's going to have. You know, it's not going to be long, I guess, now until we are starting to talk about um, potential rotation in European competitions again. Obviously, for you know for for, for the big sides, but obviously Leicester and West Ham are also going to be going to be involved too. So yeah, I think there's there's, there's still you know plenty to plenty to discuss, but yeah, I think it's it's a good opportunity for. For, for you know, for some injured players to get back fit, obviously Af- Afcon will be basically done. Um, well, it, it will be officially done, but whether players are going to be back in time for for game week 24 kind of still remains to be seen. But um, but yeah, I think you know this uh, you know will be through the woods of January, I guess, and uh, by the time that we're by the time that we're previewing game week 24, and I guess that gives managers um, not a clear run through to the end of the season, but hopefully some of the COVID drama is is kind of behind us too, and 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 managers will be able to get back to uh, you know to playing the game that we know and love. Yeah, well, quite. Um, yeah, it's there's a lot. There'll be lots to think about before that before that point, won't there? So yeah, hopefully people will be able to uh, take the opportunity to reflect. Absolutely. Well, let's leave it there, Andy. And I guess if uh, if you know if 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 any of our listeners want to know how we're reflecting on our season that's gone by so far, how can they get in touch? Well, they can get in touch with us on Twitter at FPL underscore Lounge, and we have had a few people doing that over the weekend, so that's great. Um, a few people interested in in Chris and and the ongoings with with, with his account um, and and others with some suggestions for we haven't quite decided exactly how we're going to address this big gap before the next game week but we're hoping to to possibly do something at some point um, so yeah uh, I guess it's just keep an eye on the feeds and and another reason that you should subscribe I suppose because if you do subscribe uh, you know you'll you'll definitely get that that interim sort of podcast whenever it arrives and we're not exactly sure when it will be yet I mean obviously one thing we can say is that um, the next game week starts on the 8th of February so probably the weekend like the the Sunday possibly before that um, the 6th when we'd usually have like a review show we'll, we'll, we'll have like a preview show in 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 that slot but the one we'll do before that at some point before then we don't know exactly what what date or what topic yet as i say if you've got any ideas at fpl underscore lounge yeah absolutely and do, as andy said do remember to obviously subscribe wherever you get your podcast from because then that will end up in your feed but other than that 
um, as Andy kind of alluded to, I think we're likely to be recording our Game Week 24 preview, probably, I guess, the weekend, but later on in the weekend um, of the 5th and 6th of February. Um, I guess we'll try and make it later, Andy, just in case there are any sort of FA Cup injuries or anything like that. So we've got enough information as we can before we head into Game Week 24. Uh, and obviously that deadline will be on the Tuesday. Um, I'm assuming it will be about 6.30, but I'm not exactly sure what time the first kickoff is. So yeah, I guess we'll have to get back to you on that. But yeah, Andy, always good to speak to you. But other than that, until we speak again. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge.